The Leap Foundation proudly presents the Meet the Mentor podcast with New York Times bestselling author, motivational speaker, and celebrity dentist, Dr. Bill Dorfman. All right. Hey, Dr. Bill here. New studio, right? Um, So (laughs) it's been kind of crazy, but the podcast has exploded. Um, I think we're number one in Finland now. We're number three in Poland. We're in the top seven in 100. Uh, no, we're in, yeah, the top 107 countries. And we're 94th out of 47,000 in the United States. Amazing. Uh, and so our podcast guy said, you need better equipment. So here we here go. We so you're actually the first speaker that's, yeah, that's doing the new equipment. So let me know if the sound quality is better, you guys who have been listening. Um, why do we do these? You know, Leap Week 2020 will be epic. And it's going to be July 19th to the 25th. Beautiful UCLA campus. We already have a great lineup of speakers. We have a plethora of amazing mentors coming to the mentor workshop, and uh, we're super duper excited about it. Plus, on April 29th, mark your calendar, we have, is that the right date? You sure? Okay, April 29th, we are having our second Leap Gala. Now, last year we raised $150,000. This year we want to double it. I think Ted's going to pitch in at least a hundred thousand. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'll pitch in some money. Okay, not a hundred thousand. But you no. should actually come too. <laughs> and uh, we will have a great lineup of entertainment. Um, we're talking to some of the singers from Pentatonix and some oh, they're of my, great, man. Yeah, and yeah. some of my other spe- speakers and friends that. Uh, well, we'll see who's going to show up. Um, but it, it should be a really, really beautiful, fun evening, just like it was last year. Uh, but if you haven't signed up for Leap, we already have about 100 signups for this year, so we're really, really tracking well. And um, we got a great pledge from my dear, sweet friend, Sam Sarabi, who's going to sponsor 30 kids to come from Texas again. Um, I was at the Tiger 21 meeting last week, and we raised a lot of money to send kids. And uh, yeah, it's looking great. So without further ado, I want to introduce you to my friend, Ted McGrath. He is a best-selling author and entrepreneur. He's created a multi-million dollar business teaching coaches, speakers, and business owners how to turn their experience into a lucrative business that impacts millions. He basically has three parts to his business. The first part is called Message to Millions. And in Message to Millions, what they do is they work with you to give you kind of an online presence and work with your online engagement to get your message out to millions. The second part is a speaker component. Um, It's called Superstar Speakers. And basically what they do is they teach you better speaking kind of skills, they teach you how to book seminars, they teach you how to actually put on your own seminars, and how to get out in the speaking world as a speaker. So everything that has to do with speaking, they teach you. And then the third component of his business is actually going to be a film. And um, Ted has done a very popular kind of a one-man show on the story of his life, 
and they're turning that into a film. They're casting it, and it will be a feature film. Yeah. Did I get it all? You got it, man. All of it. All right. So, how did you start this whole message to millions thing? You know, I started at 21 in the insurance business, and um, I had no idea what I wanted to do. So I got uh, interviewed by this guy. He's like, you know, you know, come work for me in the insurance business. You can make a lot of money. Um, the only thing I wanted at that time was, you know, really searching for his approval, you know. And so, you know, I went out and I cracked six figures my first year, and um, and I OD'd that night from drugs and alcohol, and wow. um, and I was like, well, money didn't do it, so I'll go after, you know, status. So. You OD'd, OD'd, yeah. Like OD'd, like you had to go to the hospital. Yeah, like well, coming out of my body, soul coming out of my body on the floor, like leaving my body, holding on, trying to stay there. Yeah. Were you like conscious during this? Uh, I was conscious. Yeah, I was conscious aware of what was going on, but just like literally, like the experience of literally as a spiritual being, as a being like coming out of my body, and literally there was like impact. You could feel the impact against the impact of his body. I only learned years later that spiritual beings and I was trying to hold on my body and stop from dying um, and that happened uh, I was on the kitchen floor and it was horrible so I woke up the next morning I was revived and I was like okay well you know money didn't do it were you alone during this my brother was with me and he, he didn't take you to the hospital no it's, it's a weird thing man like one of these things when you might think like when you're dying like you know you, you kind of think you're going to live, but you kind of think you're going to die. And there's like a shame of, wow, if I go to the hospital and I get, I get my stomach pumped and all this stuff that like my parents are going to find out. And then my job, you know, it's going to find out I'm going to lose everything. So we just stayed there and he stayed by my side. And, um, and you know, we down to some Gatorade and stuff. And it went on for like three, four hours of just like going like that. And uh, I had cocaine in me, ecstasy, 15 drinks. It was horrible, you know. And uh, I woke up the next morning, I was like, you know, kind of passed out, we both did, and I was alive. And uh, I was like, well, money didn't do it, and uh, so let's see if I can get promoted to management. And I did, and I became one of the top partners for the company. And, uh, and then I had that question, like most people do, is like, is this really all there is to my life? And I was never interested in finance, really. Um, it was just, I didn't have a better plan. So I left, became an entrepreneur, and um, I had some speaking skills, because I spoke while I was at New York Life. And, um, and started my first two businesses and bombed. And then lost, uh, you know, I was in, in uh, California, had the million dollar condo, $100,000 car, and just, uh, you know, house in foreclosure, my face in my hands, like what the hell do I want to do with my life? And then I realized I had skill sets, so I'm like, well, I should do some coaching and speaking because I developed some skills while I was in New York life. That's how I started. And so when you first started, ha- like, how do you get out there like, Hey, I'm here. I, I, I mean, did, did you start off with friends you knew, or did you just like create a, a website and hope that people would find it? Like, how, how do you start something? Yeah, like it's that? interesting. Like, um, I we started doing some interviews with authors at the time, you know, and so that was one of our first businesses. Like, we're going to interview authors and create this community of authors and speakers. My my business partner and I. So, I mean, what was the purpose of actually interviewing authors? We, we wanted to create like a worldwide membership series, you know, like where we could interview some of the top talent and authors and thinkers in the world. And we started doing it. And then all of a sudden, you know, we kind of diverted back to like doing it with mortgage professionals and insurance people. You know, my partner at the time wanted to do that. And I was like, I, I didn't get in this game to do that. But I mean, h- how do you monetize that? Like y- you you interview an author and then what do you yeah. do? You sell the interview or do you make a series and... 
uh, like uh, the idea. How, the idea would be like a membership series for them to do that. But I, I quickly was like, I started interviewing an author, and I was listening to him. I'm like, I mean, I could do this. So while I was on the phone with an, interviewing somebody, I literally sent out an email to my list of people, which was small, and I put on my first interview series with myself. Like I was like, I'm going to show up and just do a talk, and I did that, and like there were like 50 people who showed up. I was like, I can do this, right? And because I had sales skills, I had leadership skills, I had all these skills that I developed. And then from there, I just started getting some coaching clients. You know, I needed money. So I started getting some coaching clients. And then as I built that up a little bit, I started speaking at local events, you know, whether it were two people or 10 people or whatever. And then, you know, soon after that, I started getting on leading my own seminars, you know, where I would put first one was like, you know, small 25 people in the room. Second one had 80 people in the room. And, and the purpose of the seminar was like, uh, like I'm Dr. Bill Dorfman yeah. and I have a dental practice and I need more clients. Ted, teach me how to get clients yeah. in my office. Yeah. Like initially the purpose of the seminar, like I was still discovering what the brand was. It wasn't message to millions at the time because I wasn't doing that. I wasn't getting my message to millions, but it was just teaching people like, how do you go get clients, teaching them sales skills, teaching them basic things that they can do. And I had success with that 80 person seminar it was about, we made about six figures at that first, that second seminar. And from there I was like, well, I can do this. And then I started leveraging my stage. I'd be like, Hey, do you want to come speak on my stage? And I would swap stages with people. So then I started getting on stages with like, you know, four or five, 600 people. And I would go on the stage and I would sell and then I would fill my rooms. And, and what you were selling was really message to millions and yeah. superstar speaking. Yeah. Initially, then I started, as I started to become a speaker, because I, I had experience speaking in New York life, like I'd spoken, I did seminars there. So initially, I was like, okay, well, let me teach you how to lead your own seminars. because That's what I was doing. And so I got a bunch of clients, I formed my own mastermind, did that. And then I got that business up to seven figures, just offline doing it. And then from there, I was like, well, this is not scalable no way to scale this. So I was one of these guys who was like, I hate marketing. I know nothing about it, but I'm going to learn it. About six years ago, I made the decision to really start learning Facebook advertising. And, uh, and I built a team. And since then, you know, we've done extraordinarily well in our business. And, uh, so how, how many people are actually working for your company now? 40. Wow. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. And they're all here, LA based. They're all over Philippines, London. Um, thank God they're not all here. The employee laws are California. I do know. I do yeah, know. I know that too, yeah. man. So, so we, uh, we basically have them all over, like there might be four or five here in California, but we have them all over the country, all over the world. We have a sales team of about, um, maybe 13, 14 now. And so basically what your sales team is selling is membership to your program yeah. where they get speaker training and they learn Message online yeah. messaging. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. And so they come in, like we bring them in through the funnel. You know, we spend a couple hundred thousand a month on advertising, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube is is kind of thriving for us. We only spend about 20000 a month on that. But the other two we have mastered. And so like last week we put in a buck and we made $4.20 back cash, right? In our pocket, not sales, cash. So we really know the game. And we now have a sales team that anytime we advertise this and buys a product for 37 bucks. They get on the phone with a salesperson. Our salespeople have hundreds of calls a week. And they sell a $2,000 program. And then immediately after that, if we feel they're qualified, then we offer them to come to the mastermind. The $2,000 program is message to millions. That's online. And so that's all virtual. 
and I don't deliver any of it. But the $9,000 program that we sell is a mastermind and they get to come in person with me. We'll do that once a quarter with like 60, 70 people. And is that all over the world or is it usually in LA or? Uh, it's here in LA, but people fly from all over. Cool. When's the next one? We have one coming up in May. I think it's May 23rd or something like that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, I'd we love have to come and watch. Yeah, you can. And we have, we have our Message to Millions live event coming up, which will have hundreds of people there. That's coming up in March. You can come stop by on that one too. Oh, that sounds awesome. That sounds awesome. And so all of this, you really learned kind of on the fly. On the fly. Yeah, 100%. I mean, even especially the advertising, like we hired outside firms initially, but I I, I made it a point to like hire somebody in-house and I was going to train her and she's still with me to this day. She's awesome. And we just had outside agencies kind of training us. And the moment we thought like, wow, we're better than them as we were testing it, we just kind of let go of the agency. And we brought on other people, but nobody's been able to beat what we're doing. And I don't think it's because we're the best in advertising. I think it's because we know our brand the best. I was just going to say yeah. that. You know what? So yeah. when we had Discus Dental, we worked with all these outside advertising agencies, right? And, <laughs> well, there you hit the nail on yeah. the head. We actually made an in-house ad agency. Yep. Why? Because we knew our customers better than the ad agency 100%. did. And the other thing is when we would get back all the reports, we could see what was working and what wasn't working. Right. Yeah. And the stuff that wasn't working, obviously we tweaked and we made totally. better the stuff that was working. We put more money into. 100%. And I mean, we came up with, with things like, you know, I'll tell you what was one of the most effective things for us. And you have to understand this was like 20 years ago. Yeah. Giant postcards. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So we would send out these postcards that were this big with all the information for these new products. Why is that effective? Number one, it sticks out. Yep. Number two, they don't have to open anything. Yeah. If you send somebody a letter, and this was before email was really even a thing, right? Yeah. If you send somebody a letter, they have to open it and look inside. They can't not see this. Right. Right. Totally. Yeah, yeah. And man, we hit it out of the park yeah. every time yeah. we came up with this thing in dentistry. We were the fr- this is a no brainer. And every time we put something like that, boom, we sold out. I yeah. mean, it's crazy. It's amazing. And, and I think what you're what you're saying, too, to speak to your point is like when you find your strategy and you know it, there could be 10 other strategies that are better. But if you have one strategy that works, I always tell people, pick one. Don't try 14 things at once. Totally. Totally. Do it, you know? So here's the thing that I think differentiates my podcast from other ones. A lot of podcasts will interview guys like you and successful people. But this this podcast is really for students. Yeah. And so if I'm a kid and I'm in high school or I'm in college and I say, I love what Ted's doing. How did you how did you start? Like, give them like a blueprint for like, okay. If you want to get into my business and do what I'm doing, you need to do this, 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 and this. Like, what are the things that they should be learning now? What are the things that they should be like paying attention to? And how could they start up a business kind of like yours? Yeah, I think, well, number one, I mean, develop some type of skill set like marketing. You know, I mean, especially younger kids that are on social all the time. Right. I mean, I'm not a very active social person at all. We advertise a ton, but like younger people live on it. Right. So that's a skill set that can be easily learned today and probably you grew up with. So know your skill set is the first step and just and be like, wow, I have something of value here. And you know what? I'm going to add to this. 
know what you're good at and know what you're not good at because you don't have to be good at everything, but you can hire people who are good at those things. So you got to kind of be honest with yourself and say, okay, like I'm, I'm good at this. I'm not good at this. Find somebody who's great at that that can do that. Right. And, and and yeah, and just understand your business, like understand every aspect, like for me and marketing, I don't know. I don't get into Facebook and do the ads, but I understand every function in terms of the bigger picture of how it works. So I think if you're developing a skill set, do what you love, get good at something. And um, and I think if you're younger, learn marketing. Right. And then secondly, um, once you have that package it, you know, package it into like, hey, if, if I were to teach somebody this in five steps, right, break it down. of Like, here's the five things that I know about marketing. Just write it down. Step one, two, three, four, five. And then you'll look outward and you'll see something on a piece of paper. You'll be like, wow, I actually have a skill set because all of us as entrepreneurs, like we, you know, because we do something every day, we're like, oh, it's not that big of a deal. We're not that great at it. But when you really look at what you do and you break it down, you realize, wow, you get a real skill set here that's a value. And you have to see that first as an entrepreneur so you can get paid. And that's, you know, if you're going to build a business, you have to see that. Then once you see that, well, as a marketer, obviously, you could start you know, creating a plan to actually go out and market yourself. But even if you just see that, you could go get clients. And um, and that's what I did initially. Step one was like, let me just go and roll some clients. And I think that's another skill. Step three is get good at selling. You know, if you if you don't know how to enroll people, it's tough to build a business. You know what? It doesn't matter what you do in life. If you want to make money, you're selling. Yeah. I'm a dentist. I sell cosmetic dentistry, yeah. you know, no matter what you are. And I think that's really good advice. So regardless of what industry you end up in, if you can take summer internships or summer jobs or anything, even working in retail or doing, but learning how to sell is such an important skill and pretty, I mean, even if you're a writer, you need to sell your screenplay at totally, the end of the yeah. day, you, whatever it is you're yeah. doing. If you want to make money, you're you selling something. It. And and even anything like it's, you're putting together, you're having communication and putting together agreements as a business owner. When you hire people, you're doing that. Right. I mean, we're, we're launching the film and so we're getting the budget put together now. And so I have to put in all these agreements in place with different people. So it's like that's selling, that's agreements, that's communication. And you got to get great at that because that's the key to life. Let's get personal a sec. Yeah. What would you say is the greatest attribute that you possess that made you successful? It's a great question. So I'm persistent as hell. You know, Um, when I, when I, when I go back to tennis, when I played collegiate tennis um, and I walked on, you know, my coach was just like, it was the number one team in the nation. Coach is just like, you're not good enough, dude. You know, like go try out for division three school, you know? And, uh, and so I listened to that, but I think my, one of the greatest things I've done is I just disagree with things that aren't true to me, you know? So I just knew that this is my path and I came and showed out, showed up to play for the team. And the coach was like, what the hell are you doing here? We only take scholarship players. I'm like, I want to try out. So they, I tried out and I uh, beat out the walk-on players and they took me on the team. And by my senior year, I was co-captain of the team, you know? And I got the shit kicked out of me for three years. Like, you know, like I, I was supposed to never start. And when I did, I lost 28 out of 30 matches. But I learned something there that one, you can learn anything. And that's my greatest attribute today is like, I believe that because I know how to study now. So I'm like, I can understand anything. And so now I'm not just persistent, but I know I can understand anything. 
And that's what allowed me also to get into the acting field too of, you know, at 34 years old at the time, I had no acting experience except as a kid doing little shows. And so I was like, but I can do this thing and look what I've created today. And I, and a lot of people, there's a lot of, I've learned two things. And here's my best advice that I can probably give. One, the first thing you have to learn is to believe in yourself. And that's really hard, right? But the second thing is you have to learn is you have to learn to when other people don't believe in you, right? You have to be able to stand in your place to get people to believe in you. And if you can't do that, you're going to have a tough time in this world because those are the two things that are really, really critical. You know what? That's so true. I, uh, I just got back from this amazing seminar and I had the honor to meet the great Michael Phelps. Mm -hmm. And he said something that just like hit home so hard. Um, there was a time in his life when he was really unsure of himself and what he was doing. And the moderator said, you know, what got you over that hump? And he said, someone believed in me. Yeah. And, you know, that's what we do at LEAP. Yeah. You know, a lot of the kids that come to this program, they don't have anybody that believes in them. Yep. And the first thing we do is we say, hey, you're a 10, you know, and that's a lot of them. It's the first time they've ever been told that they're good at anything. Totally. And that's such it's a so key important. component. That's why the Le I mean, with what you're doing with Leap, it's so important because my mentor at 21, I didn't have a mentor like that. I didn't have anybody who believed in me like that. So when he actually believed in me, because I didn't have any plan, because I had no belief in myself whatsoever, because I saw somebody believed in me, it was like, oh, I can go do that because I saw it through his eyes. Yeah. And then I had to go on the journey and develop my own confidence. And make it work. Yeah. That's awesome. But having a mentor is critical. Yeah. All right. Two things. What's next? The film. So the film. Good Enough. Yeah. So I started on my journey about six and a half years ago with Good Enough, the one-man play. And it was simply because I saw a guy do a one-man play. And I was like, that's what I want to do. And I just knew it. And so we just did a six-week run here in Hollywood. We had a bunch of directors and people come see it for film, right? And people liked it. And so, um, and my, my director's amazing. I mean, he's like, he's a Broadway guy, nine Broadway shows star. Wow. Right? wow. So we've really taken the play to the next level. And now um, a year ago, again, talking about belief, I had this idea. I'm like, I'm going to do a film and talk about people not believing in you, right? He's like, you're going to do what? You're crazy. And look what I pulled together. I pulled in a great director now, you know, right. he's number 43 on IMDb. I pulled in, you know, amazing, um, you know, amazing writers, Right. And now we had this thing and we got the funding for it too. And so we're ready to start casting. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. And the last thing is if any of my students out there want to contact you or find out more information about you or your company, yeah. how do they do that? You just go to com, you know, and just T-E-D-M-C-G-R-A-T-H brands, B-R-A-N-D-S.com. And just go, there's a bunch of free stuff on the website. You can go grab that and Pick what you like, whether it's speaking or whether it's online marketing, scrap something. If students, so you, your um, uh, the uh, message to million seminars yeah. in May here, yeah. if students wanted March, to, March, yeah. March, if students wanted to come, how could they do that? Um, you could send in, uh, I mean, we'd give them a discount, obviously, to students. You know, it's a $2,000 ticket, but if students wanted to come, we'd give them like 97 bucks, you know. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah so, um, and then just go to, I mean, I guess you could email us. Um, info at tedmcgrathbrands.com. Cool. So, and, uh, and just tell them, you know, you can just put in the headline student and then 
we'll know to uh, give you a ticket if you want to come. It's here in Los Angeles in March. I think it's March 12th through the 15th. Ted, yeah. thank you Pleasure, so man. much. Yeah, great that job. That was on awesome. Lead, I love what you're thank doing. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I'd love to have you come as a speaker. Yeah. yeah. When is it? I'll come. All right. Yeah. All right. Hey, Dr. Bill, over and out. Pleasure, guys. Take care. To learn more about the Leap Foundation, go to leapfoundation.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash the Leap Foundation, on Instagram at Leap Foundation, and on Twitter at Leap Los Angeles. Listen to the Meet the Mentor podcast with Dr. Bill Dorfman on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.